What's up, guys? Welcome back to Void. This is our fourth episode of season two. Um, today, 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 we're gonna talk about something that a lot of people um, will have mentioned at least one time in their life, I think, or at least thought of. And this is really the whole point of this podcast um, to bring you guys the information you need to get. So today we're going to be talking about money. Um, this, is, this is the shit they don't teach you in school, man. How does money work? Inflation, all of that stuff. We're going to be covering it today right here on The Void. But first off, first off, before we even get into the podcast, I hope you've already ordered your tickets. Mm-hmm. So coming back after how many years was it? Four Bro, it's years. been like four years. You guys, all of you guys, head over to Tukutana Instagram page, Tukutana underscore ENT, Twitter, at us. We're doing some big things. But anyway, if you guys miss, it's on your own, do limited tickets. So yeah. Four years. Bro, of course I'll check it, bro. This one, the formal guys will feel this one. If you don't catch your ticket, you're finished, bro. You're out the game, bro. Utadunini 19th December, you'll stay at home. Ah, you're crazy. What do you Limited mean? tickets, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. COVID, we have to keep the numbers down yeah, a bit. You know, you get me. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, now, how are these guys going to pay Saudi? So, let's get into that part uh, now. Uh, you guys, uh, man, <laughs> not disclosing those details. You don't know. No, 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 not that one. Let's, let's talk about money now. Let's talk about money. Come yes, on. yes, money. Yeah, what, what is money? Uh, money about. is paper given value by humans in the most simplest sense. That's the best way to put it, actually. Like somebody woke up and uh, said, yeah, this paper is going to be worth gold. You know? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And I mean, if you want to take it now deeper and look at the history of money, just to go through it quickly. Um, in the past, of course, guys used to use gold um, for transactions. Um, gold pieces, silver pieces, bronze pieces. That was currency because gold was standard. Um, one unit of gold had this weight so you could make sure it was official. But how did we go from gold to paper? Um, somebody called me. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go. I, 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 how, how did we get from gold to paper? Well, this this is like during the banking revolution when banks were starting to be introduced. What used to happen is there were these there were these um, people who used to keep gold for other people, and in exchange they would give you a receipt. So whenever you go to like the shop, Nakamoto, whatever, you give them your bags, and then they give you that little tag thing, and then you can give them the tag when you're going back. They give you your bags. So they do the same thing, but now for gold. Um, so People all kept their gold in these quote-unquote banks, and everyone was holding those pieces of paper. Um, and whoever held those pa- those pieces of paper could go to that bank and exchange it for gold. So people started trading using that paper, meaning you could go to, you know, the shop and buy a car or something using the piece of paper instead of going to the bank, removing the gold, and then going with the gold. Okay, okay, okay. Um, in fact, what correction at the beginning, money, as I defined it, actually, what we're defining in this state is cash. 
yeah, cash yeah, is paper cut. given value by humans, but money, money came money in the form of when money has been around for time, man. You know, even OG yeah, times yeah. when you used to trade a goat CD for what? The goat was money, man. What do you mean? Anything that you give enough value will become money, honestly. It's yeah, just a medium of exchange. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the best way to explain it, a medium of exchange. But where we've reached today in terms of money, because a long time money came from gold, silver. Um, that's how most people are paid, gold and silver. You know, those actually had some value because of that. You know, in, in, in economics, um, you think about it like this. The, the less supply of something there is, the more demand it has. So that gives it value. And that's because gold was not, you know, an infinite resource and silver was not an infinite resource. This was actually a good way to va- to valuate things, you know. And that's why for a long time, the U.S. dollar was pegged to um, gold and uh, the pound used to be pegged to silver. That's why it's called sterling. Sterling is another name for silver. You know, so where we've reached today, where these, uh, what, they call, what are they called? Free floating currencies. I think that's what they're called these days. Yeah, that, that, that comes about when you look at um, supply and demand. So we'll get into that because we want to explain from the most basic, basic part. So anything can be money. Um, if a society believes a banana is worth a car, then that society, a banana will be worth a car and you'll be able to exchange a banana for a car. So in that specific <laughs> society, a banana is worth, I guess you could say, what, $10,000 in that society now. And same thing, in, I know in Victorian times, pineapples used to be seen as a sign of wealth. So guys would walk around with pineapples to show they're wealthy. So anything that you can exchange for something tangible, um, you can classify as money. Um, but now the first aspect of money is exchanging tangible objects for other tangible objects. This is the most basic form of money. It's where we came from in the beginning. Um, this is where people will feel like one kg of beans is equal to one kg of maize. So it's a direct transaction. Um, but then now let's move into the more complicated aspects. aspects the of forces money. behind money. You know, now you, you know, like theoretically, if you look at money, it should not work. You give me this paper and I give you this thing and this paper. So I'm imagining like the first, when money was first created, you know, like when cash was first created, it must have been havoc, dude. You know, guys were used to trading gold and silver. This guy comes with me at the yo, this paper is what this like money, the only reason money works is because we've been all been convinced into it actually. That's that's completely true. I mean it brings it brings order within all the chaos, um, but then it brings more chaos with that. So specifically it's not even cash, it's called fiat money. Um, yes, fiat. This is basically money that doesn't require backing by a physical commodity. So when the US dollar was unpegged from the gold standard, um, it became fiat money. And basically, it's this system of currency and whatever, it developed because gold was in scarce demand, um, was in scarce resource, sorry. So there wasn't enough gold to use as currency. So people just said i will put this one piece of paper and will believe in it and i'll buy my house with it and i'll put my life on this piece of paper and the whole world said it sounds like a plan let's hop on this so if for example for one reason or another people stop believing on the u.s dollar um, not even the u.s dollar let's look at something here zimbabwe 
people stopped believing in the Zimbabwean dollar um, until the government had to switch to the US dollar because it was what you would call a realistic medium of trade. No one needs Zimbabwean dollars anymore because first off, it's not believed widespread. So if you go to US and try using Zimbabwean dollar, you'll probably be slapped. But if you try use a US dollar anywhere else in the world, you'll probably be recognized. So, I mean, you can go back for examples like when you said in 1971, when the US dollar was taken off the gold standard, um, the dollar could no longer be redeemed for gold. Um, so both gold and the dollar became fiat currencies, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when gold was no longer fixed to the dollar, gold became its own separate currency and the dollar became its own separate currency. They're two separate entities. Yeah, actually. Um, one thing about, this is actually a very interesting dilemma. Now it goes into the the actual, you know, um, workings of money. The reason why the U.S. actually unpegged, was why they got off the dollar is because you can't, incre- you know, if you want to grow an economy, you have to increase the amount of money in circulation. But the only way to do this with gold is to get more gold in the country. There was no way they were going to get 20 trillion worth of gold inside a country, dude. It just did not make sense. So, I mean... Well, is it a good idea for the economy? Yes. But the day people stop believing in that, in this government, the, the, the thing is useless, man. And that's why I keep seeing now the progression of money is now hitting cryptos. You know, we'll talk about cryptos much later, but crypto is probably the the best kind of money after, you know, gold and stuff. So Because yeah. that one is completely based on people's belief in it. I mean... If you want to look at an example real-time, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is as valuable as people think it will be. And uh, no, that thing is skyrocketing, shot straight past $18,000 um, for one Bitcoin. So, um, I mean, if you want to look at now how money is measured, there's three forms it can take, um, M1, M2, and M3. Um, so the first one is what you call active money. Now, this is the total amount of physical money in, you know, in circulation. So coins, paper currency, um, physical cash, uh, the paper stuff, you know, the money that you can withdraw from ATMs. That's all what you like to call active money. And then now there is the second, you know, category M2. This is all the money in M1, as well as, deposits, saving accounts, uh, market funds. And it gets a bit complicated here because this is where you start learning about how money is just digits on a computer screen. And so now we've moved away even from money as paper. Now it's money as zeros and ones. So it complicates stuff even further. And then lastly, you get to the weirdest category of money, which is M3. Now this is where you get stuff like institutional money, market funds, you know, credit. Credit is a whole other topic that we'll cover. And then liquid assets, uh, large time deposits. Um, all these terms basically mean that money can take any form as long as you believe in it. 
Um, for example, credit. If any of you want to live in the U.S., for example, you'd have you to live, live outside. Oh, even the whole Africa. world, bro. Yeah, outside Africa, I'd say. Maybe now, nah, even yeah. Africa. Once you get a job, you have to get into the credit market. It's true. I mean, like, if you don't have a good credit history anywhere in the world, it's going to be hard for you to operate because um, I've seen situations where people try to pay in cash and they're told, no, we want you to pay in credit. So what billionaires do, you'll open up a bank account and you deposit, say, $10 million. And then you'll go to the bank and say you want a line of credit worth $10 billion. And you'll say you have an account with $10 billion as your security. <laughs> and it's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah, billionaires right. buy stuff like yachts, houses, because you can't pay in cash. First off, the taxes, it's going to be absurd. Um, you're going to have to go through so many regulations. So credit, credit is the way to go. Um, but let's get let's let's get back to the simpler stuff now. Um, how money switched from the papers we see to currencies. Um, people trade differently in different areas of the world. Before logistic systems like you know shipping was set up, um, people used to trade in these whole separate ecosystems. So U.S. would trade within U.S. Europe would trade within Europe, Asia. And so people developed different valuation of things because if there's only one computer in the whole of US, then that computer will be worth a lot more than the computers that are thousands in Europe, for example. So again, supply and demand. If more people want one thing, then that thing becomes more expensive. Um, if there's many of the things, it becomes less expensive. That's basic economics. Um, you, so yeah, you know, I just discovered. Me. I feel like all these economic principles, <laughs> bro, these are problems that were actually created, bro. Honestly, it's like inflation. True. Inflation was actually created because <laughs> if you think about it, um, before when we're all on you know gold, silver, they could gold today will be worth a thousand dollars, tomorrow it'll be still worth a thousand, maybe it's a thousand and twenty next year 1040 you know so instead of the value going down it's going up because there's limited supply but now with money bro as we saw during the u.s you know coronavirus those guys printed how much two trillion those guys just went and decided yeah i'm going to print two trillion into the economy and because is now there are mm-hmm. two trillion dollars in debt um the the, <laughs> the federal government of u.s is $2 trillion in debt to the Federal Reserve. So they have to pay back that money to yeah. you know, counteract. That's actually the inflation. only way to actually make sure the economy doesn't collapse under inflation. Because like, so this is... Yeah, what, what exactly is inflation for you guys who are floating right now? I mean, you can just say it's the general rise in the price of different stuff over a period of time. So if you want an example, the price of soda could have increased from 0.4 cents to 60 shillings in Kenya over the last 50 years or so. That's 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 a really good example of inflation. I remember, right? This is a, a conversation we're having the other day into about um, the two angles of inflation. So, Ray, what are you looking at again? Hmm. I mean, there's... The, You're looking at the demand side of inflation. Yeah, I mean, that's now... Um, from the buyer and the seller aspect of it. So inflation can occur if either 
more people want one thing. So that means that the seller in this case um, will increase the price. So let me pose an example. Let's say you live in an estate with 10 people, for example, and each of you has enough money to buy milk when it's worth, you know, 10 shillings per carton. But then now the shopkeeper sees that and he's like, hey, you guy, I'm, I'm a bit greedy. I want to make more money. Let me increase the price of this milk to 12 shillings per carton. What will happen is maybe one person, two people will stop buying milk because they can't afford it. But then the other eight, nine people will keep on buying that milk because they need it. Um, and so they'll keep the price over there. But then now if he keeps on increasing the price too far, let's say he increases the price to 20 20 20 shillings per carton and everybody stops buying he's going to be like hey okay i'm going to be too fast so he'll reduce the price of the carton of milk to a point where he's making profit but he's not driving away customers but that's for so inflation is actually it's just a byproduct of government and business yeah it's true it's true it's true because i mean like if people believe that milk is worth 20 shillings then they'll buy it for 20 shillings. If they believe it's worth 40, then they'll spend that extra 20 to buy it for 40. So it's more of, um, it's it's actually a societal construct because if people just refused to buy milk for anything more than 10 shillings, then it would never rise past 10 shillings. But again... Bro, money is a scam. (laughs) Money is is a scam. No, money is a scam. Because what I've actually thought about is that these guys went to crazy lengths to develop systems that will keep these currencies in value. For example, you look at the metrics, GDP per capita, GDP, GNP, um, you know, HDI. These are numbers that were made up by humans, yeah, to, to, to try and give confidence into, into the currency of that country, depending on how high it's cost. So the high it's cost... Um, the richer the country probably is and it's probably safer for investors but this is just something somebody thought about because before this bro, who the ever used to grow the GDP any measurement, I mean, like, the, the amount of gold you had determined how big you were and that's what the biggest emphasis so, was at so Spain yeah. Spain was fueled by gold Spain was fueled by gold the OG times when Spain was a huge empire it was fueled by gold. Even 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 British, even the oh the British Mali, guys who the Mali of tea. Yeah, the Mali Empire. Oh yeah, the Mali Empire. These guys got in a Genghis Khan. These guys were fueled by the one richest thing, in the world. Was alive during the age of gold, and that's because it was simple, man. I mean, one piece of gold is one piece of gold. That's it. But right now, measuring wealth is so difficult because you have to factor in, as I said, liquid assets long-term holdings, savings accounts. And these are things that were invented less than 200 years ago. Two centuries ago, these things didn't exist exactly. Uh, oh. Like, first off now, let's, let's, let's go now into currencies and credit. Um, mm-hmm. Credit, credit uh, it's, it's a way to get people to spend more, in my opinion. Credit is the greatest thing in the world. It is, it is. I mean, like, taking a loan is a form of credit. Um, so it's just promise that you'll pay back at a later date. And I don't think there's any place that offers freestanding credit unless it's, like, a bank with a credit card arrangement or something. But you usually have to put up a security, which is just something of equal or greater value 
than the amount of credit you're taking. So let's say you go to your bank, you say, I want a line of credit. So you, you say you want credit of this amount, maybe 100 million. They'll ask you, what do you have of yours that's worth 100 million? Okay, I have a 10 acre piece of land somewhere in Karen or something. Um, once they certify it's legit and everything, they give you they give you virtual. Oh, this is this is where money starts getting ridiculous. They give you virtual money, um, which comes out of the bank's pockets. They just write it in the computer zero zero one zero whatever, and you go spend that a hundred million wherever you want to go. So let's say you go to you go to uh, a bar and you buy a hundred million worth of drinks for your friends and the friends and everything. Ah. Whatever you want to do, I mean, you buy them by itself. It's your money now. Um, the bank is giving it to you. And you go back to the bank the next day, you say, right, I'm broke. I don't have anything. Um, they'll say, okay, you still have your land. So the bank will take your land. They'll sell it to somebody for like, I don't know, 170, 120 million. Um, and they keep that. So that's one of the ways that banks make money. And of course, they charge you interest for this shit because... If they're allowing you to pay back later, then they expect you to make some profit. And for the service of credit, they'll tell you, right, we'll give you this amount um, and we expect this amount back. So for the 100 million, it could be something like 112 million back after three months. And that's basically yeah, that's yeah, the most yeah. basic way of explaining how credit works, I think. But then that's some, that's some big credit. Wow, on the lines of like, normal consumer credit around you know they you know normal consumers actually is you can you don't even need like an asset like real was saying unless yeah. you're getting some huge line of credit if you're getting normal credit all you need is first of all a job if you have a job that's it um you can sign up for different credit arrangements and you know when if you have no credit score you'll probably get like if you want to get a thousand dollars a month um the bank will probably say i'll give you 500 build up your credit score then i'll give you a thousand um, but basically what happens is, let's say, I don't even know why credit was invented, dude, you know? As I said, it's just to get people to spend more because, like, if someone can tell you, you know, I can't afford this right now, and you tell them, okay, take this, buy it now, and you can pay back later, man, no biggie. Um, so a lot of people say it was created by institutions to promote the growth of the economies, again, to strengthen that currency. Uh... <laughs> That's how they make their money. That's that's actually smart. Yeah. But anyway, by the way, these institutions have manipulated us so much. You know that? Like, the amount of power these guys have is make or break an economy, dude. Like, what? I mean, banks, banks really are the big doors, even if it's in trading, man. Oh, and now, let's actually talk about um, the man who tried to change money. <laughs> Let me tell you guys about this game, Mr. Gaddafi. Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Gaddafi, first of all, let's start by changing the... Most guys, the image even me I had of Gaddafi a few years ago was this guy was a ruthless dictator that needed to go. was a terrorist, straight up. He was a terrorist, but that's... Let me tell you, this is exactly what happened. The West framed Gaddafi for everything. You know, let me tell you, when I was reading his manifesto and what he did in Libya, he was loved by everybody. He united a country that was at war. And then the crazy thing, in a freaking country, in the middle of a desert, the whole country was irrigated, bro. How do you do that? And the thing is, he did it without getting funding from the West. He did it through gold. He did it through gold because Libya has gold reserves. 
And then one day, what he said, just around 2010, he said, Africans are being oppressed, you know. If you look, like even today, look at this. The pound is 140-something, bro. What is 140-something. It's, it's approaching 150. It's approaching 150. I mean, banks are refusing you know, to sell Kenya. I mean, dollars for anything less than, what is it, 110. Exactly, bro. You see, now, this this just makes it harder for Africa to grow. Anyway, what Gaddafi said is, look, I have, we have Africa's most, uh, a lot more gold reserves than the rest of the world. We have oil reserves. We have all this other stuff. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to create a currency for the whole of the continent, backed by gold and backed by our resources. When the West had that, they shitted bricks because they knew if Africa does this, the next guy is to go to South America, the next guy is to go to China. And you know, this whole system of money was created by the West you know, to keep us in check. So if we were able to actually pull that off, our currency will be at this point stronger than the dollar. The corona will not even hit us badly because it's backed by gold. You know, the economies will still be moving. And so when Obama had this, and you know, Obama was a gold guy and everything, but this guy here, he did us dirty, bro. That guy, he did us dirty. Anyway, him and some guys in the EU, they saw this coming and they drew up a plan to eliminate Gaddafi. So what they did first of all is fund fund opposition terrorist groups how do you fund terrorist groups i don't understand you know you go fund them you give them weapons you tell them go destroy the peace of this country brand you come saying oh we're coming for peace and then what they did yeah is once they actually got gaddafi they were able to twist the whole story because they ran the media they said oh we saved africa from a ruthless dictator me personally if gaddafi is alive man you know africa would be wakanda <laughs> and that's no cap there are projects that are trying to realize his dreams. So the first step towards this is the trade blocks you see, for example, um, East Africa community. It's a great initiative, man. It's a really, really good initiative to promote trade within African countries. Um, okay, we're drifting a little bit off topic, but basically that's what we mean by um, how powerful money can be if money can literally like if you try and change how money works one of the reasons, okay, that's one of the reasons going, he was assassinated um, yeah if you're going to mess up world a I don't unified know what. african economy with a unified currency if an entire continent be have been over in one single currency that's one of the most powerful trading units you can have and this is why they were so scared because us were 1.3 billion and those guys combine Europe and America, they're not even half of us. And that's why they were so scared because Africa will become a super player in the continent, bro. We could even have decided, you know what, we're not going to sell our resources to you guys, go and suffer. We'll have our own tech giants in Africa, you know, Facebook of Africa, Apple of Africa, um, you know, guys out here designing high... Man, like that, I mean, those guys did us so dirty. They did us so dirty, and if but the people aren't mad enough about that because they painted the wrong the wrong picture. But hopefully, this can show you that money is is, is essentially what world leaders yeah, make it to yeah, be. I mean, like if you guys want to check you know? out more on this topic, we already covered it. Actually, um, we'll do it again specifically for the dream of Muammar Gaddafi. But check out season two, episode one. It's a continuation from Money Trees podcast where we talked about African economies. Um, but now let's, let's, yeah, let's, that was actually good about one. this question that's um, asked so many times. Um, why can't we just print more money? Like, what's the problem with printing more money? 
essentially, as I told you, the only thing that gives value, perceived value, is scarcity. Basic economics. The most scarce something is, the higher it is. Essentially, like Ray said, you have one computer in America, the most valuable thing in the world. There's a reason I, um, back even in the 1960s, computers were costing $6,000. And $6,000 in 1960s money is like $20,000 today, bro. You know? So when something is so scarce, it costs so much money. Let me give you... It's, so yes, it's all supply and demand. So what happens is if you print money, because how money works does circulate across the whole economy. So if in the, if today, let's say, 32 million can buy, let's say, milk, and you print more money, that means tomorrow 40 million can buy milk. Exactly. And that and that lowers the perceived value of the money because you can't buy as much as you used to buy the, before. I mean, if you want to look at it in like um, a flow chart, think of it this way. Um, an economy can be making $10 million worth of goods. Um, so let's say 1 million books that are worth $10 each. So at this time, the money supply is like 10 million. So the money in circulation is 10 million. And then now the government goes out and prints another $10 million because, for example, it wants more people to be able to go out and buy books. Yeah, let's say that happens. But now what would happen is we would still have one million books in the economy. Um, so people would have more money, but there will be the same amount of books. Uh, so demand for books would arise. Um, so in response for this higher demand, of course, businesses push the prices higher, like the milk situation. Now this is the opposite side. It's the flip side. Um, this is the buyer's side of inflation, I guess. And this makes you money now, worthless. The most likely scenario most that would happen here is if the money supply is doubled, you would now have, with inflation included, one million books would start being sold at $20 per book. Um, so now the economy itself is worth 20, 20 million because we have 20 million worth of books. Even if it's the same number of books, we have 20 million worth of books now rather than 10 million. So the increase in GDP, which is another bullshit factor we are saying, just the way people measure and boost their currencies, it's a money illusion. So to be honest, you do have more money. You have more money. Um, but the value of that money, you just can't buy as much as you used to be. changed. So printing money in this case would make the goods more expensive, but it wouldn't really change the quantity of the damn goods. So output is the same. Also, and inflation would be a hundred percent in this case. There's 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 math that governs um, printing money. Um, there's certain formulas that say um, like this is basic economics. Um, I mean, let me see which is the most likely example. Let's look at the as usual like the U.S. economy because it's a big economy. Um, no, let's go to Zimbabwe. <laughs> What happened in Zimbabwe? Is this exactly what they did? They said, you know what? Um, we need some money. We're going to print money. And these guys printed and printed and printed and printed. And there's a point where, as I said, money has to circulate. You know, and there's a, like, this is like banks always print a certain amount of money every year. So they remove some cash from the economy, reinsert it. And that's how they avoid inflation. Yeah. So now, like, let me give you an example. Even when they're changing, when they were changing currencies. They removed, they couldn't just drop a thousand bobs into the market first. They had to remove the existing supply and then introduce a new supply so it can balance out. Because if there's more supply than demand, price always, always. tanks. 
price always tanks and that's simple business so that's why you can't go around printing money but 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 there okay you can print some money you can print some money for example if you print an additional million dollars in the economy a big economy like the US it really won't matter it only matters if you start printing stupid amounts 20 trillion 30 trillion 100 trillion mm-hmm. you know i mean so that's why the, if you guys have watched money heist those guys went stole their money and they disappeared the economy never got hurt nobody got hurt they printed I mean, money you now understand if you don't understand how money works think of it as you using commodities like bread milk basic stuff you're using those commodities to buy money so if people think that this piece of bread this loaf of bread is worth more monies for example let, let me just use that term instead of numbers i'm only going to take more money for this piece of bread because in my heart and soul i truly believe that this piece of bread should be worth more monies so i'm only going to give this to you if you give me more because you can't eat money you can't you know drink money you can't live under money you need this i have this you want this so i'm going to give you this for more of that and i mean this is now getting into the thingy of like hyperinflation you don't even have to look for not 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 even zimbabwe let's go to like oh no germany germany seems like such a good economy yeah oh like yes 20s, 1920s it was world war two what was world war two after world war two i mean inflation was so bad that money became worthless i mean if you search it up right now actually you can find pictures of kids using money as toys people are using it for and one of the craziest stories i ever knew about that time is that um you could go into a shop and buy food um the food is worth 50 pounds you come out with 100 pounds <laughs> i mean you go to the restaurant you have to carry a wheelbarrow fucking money to pay that's how crazy it is so because these guys just expected i had more money less problems they printed more money they printed more money to meet the allied like in order to pay for the war they printed money like crazy they just pumped out money and it caused hyperinflation and temporarily um now including when germany lost the war the economy collapsed and if it wasn't for like the allied forces now to build it back yeah. up germany would be as bad as zimbabwe if not worse at this point i don't know i don't okay, think so germany will recover eventually like, given its yeah, position and size in the eu boost them up and everything but if if yeah. manufacturing ceases and your currency is worthless they could have even been i don't even know was the european union formed by then no it wasn't, it wasn't no it wasn't yeah. then bro but it was like 1970 sides but then i think me i think what would have genuinely happened is that they would have just um they would have just survived dude they would have just survived like anyway what do you have to do in that time change your currency and that's it that's why they don't even use I mean, what did they used what, to use long time ago german i don't even know but they they all changed it and this is one of the reasons they formed the european union um the euro and everything is like a sort of version of what mamar's dream was to form a unified currency and europe successfully did it by the way um that whole developed nations thing using the euro it's so strong and the euro is one of the strongest currencies to date uh because and this is actually now back into 
making those figures we talk about that are made up GDP whatever the more the bigger you have of a you know GDP the stronger your currency so you can see the reason you know the, the main reason why Europe did this is because they were like yo look at America America is huge look at the population they're able to produce more they're probably going to have bigger economies and they're like we can't left we can't get left behind you know Europe is separated countries too. we have small countries like Austria you know Hungary these are the tiny countries those countries are not they're not in the EU bro <laughs> currencies will be so whack but anyway the more you put on it's like it's like an index on stocks bro the more you put on the more it becomes worth i mean End yeah so money if you believe a banana is worth a car then let's change a banana for a car <laughs> if you can get people to believe you you have your own currency <laughs> I mean, now this is blockchain and everything and we're stretching it a bit but we'll, we'll call that this has to be a two, three, four part series, but um, now we hope we've covered a little bit about the basics of money, inflation, all of that stuff. Uh, again, we'll probably even put up a small Q&A just to get a response, see what you guys want to know more about money. But yeah, if you want to print money, make sure you do it carefully. A banana can be worth a car if enough people believe in it and that's a good note to end on. That's actually a very good idea. I guess. Peace out.